to Fancy Town Crimes Podcast, a podcast about crimes in fancy towns told by middle-class broads. Hi, everyone. Welcome hey back. Guys. How's it going? How's everyone doing out there in the crazy world? <laughs> it just keeps getting crazier. I know. Now we're, Massachusetts is under a stay-at-home advisory, or not advisory, order, sorry. Mm-hmm. But so, you know what's funny is, so Baker sends out the list of everybody who's essential. Yep. I am the only one in my immediate family who's not essential. My sister, the physical therapist, is essential. My dad, who's an auto body technician, is essential. And my mom, well, a nurse, obviously, is essential. But I'm just like, then there's me. You just slacking. Slacking in just, the family tree. Teaching is not essential. Guys. It's not essential. <laughs> we don't need teachers. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, that's, that's not exactly what they're saying. but No, no, of course not. It's just not kind right. of funny that I was like, oh, God. I, like, I texted my family yesterday, and I was like, oh, Baker has the um, the – shelter-in-place, non-essential business type thing, and they're all like, yep, Megan, we're still all working. And I was like, oh, is Is your sister going to have to continue to, are they going to stay open? Yes. So I think every day it's changing. They're actually starting to offer telehealth, which is kind of cool. So it would be like a Zoom meeting for with your physical therapist. Yep. Um, and then there are some people that they deem as essential like high risk patients like if you just had a replacement surgery um mm-hmm. makes sense you yeah. have to have physical therapy because otherwise it'll lock up yeah so i know they've like stopped with elective surgeries so i think depending on how long this goes maybe eventually they can close the clinic because they'll start to see that decrease but yep. it's hard because at the end of the day it's still a small business and yeah how do you just close down a small business you know yeah totally so it's, it's definitely day by day. It's definitely, you know, my heart goes out to a lot of people who are either losing their jobs or out of work for a little bit. It's going to, it's going to be tough. That's for yeah. sure. We're all going to emerge into the sunlight. Very confused when this is all over. <laughs> I can just actually, imagine. I can't believe it's like cold. It's been unseasonably warm. And now, and now it's that, cold. And now it's cold. Now that I can like go out and sit on the back deck, it's like, no. No, it's like you it's have cold. to stay inside. You're forced to stay inside. All I want to do is open the windows, and I can't even do that. I'm just like, please, just let me open the windows. Well, my sister, so the guinea pigs that are upstairs, it was, like, really nice one day, and she opened the windows. And then we were obviously downstairs hanging out, doing stuff, and it got cold, and we heard them squeaking upstairs. There's <laughs> like, little puffballs, like, freezing. <laughs> We're like, we're freezing to dance up here. Oops. Sorry, guys. Sorry, little guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Well. In half news, in half news, news like, yeah. parents listen to the podcast. Yay. Mom I Papa know. Dooley. I think Wait, my no, mom we listened. We can't say my last name. We have to edit that out. Oh, butts. Just because if the kids hear me, I don't know my last name. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll cut that out. That's okay. I'll figure, out, I'll figure out how to do that. <laughs> but yeah, my parents uh, listened to the podcast and it was, so I, I asked my mom because she's very excited that we're doing this. She's proud, but this is not even close to her cup of tea. Fair enough. So I kind of, I kind of pushed her to listen to it, but she did. 
and she was really funny. We can, okay, I love my mother. Dear, she is one of my favorite people. She's, I have phenomenal parents. But being in the big Irish family that I'm in, I have to make fun of her because she calls me. <laughs> She's like, Megan, um, I, I listened to the podcast, but I, I couldn't see you. I'm not sure if I did something wrong. And I was like, <laughs> no, mom, podcast is like radio. And she goes, oh. She's like, and then I was confused because you guys were just talking for a long time. And I was thinking... What, when are they going to talk about the crimes? And I was like, mom, it's like a radio show. Like, you just, like, dive right in. She, oh, okay. Well, that was good. And then she says to me, she's like, can I fast forward through the scary parts? <laughs> yep, mom. Absolutely. You can totally fast forward through the scary parts. She's going to have to fast forward through my whole crime today. Oh, poor mama. Oh. So Boy. yeah, that that definitely made me laugh hearing her. And then my apparently she listened with my dad too. And my no way. dad works my dad works close to Newton. And we forgot to mention that Newton is close to Needham. And apparently he was like, Needham's close by. Why didn't they say anything about Needham? Needham's a nice town. Needham was also on the list of places that bordered Newton, <laughs> but there was a long list of towns that bordered I Newton know. and I thought people would get bored. I know. <laughs> just makes me laugh so That's we'll probably really listen funny. again and i'll probably get a call Yay! from my mom like megan are you making fun of your mother and the answer is yes but i love you mama so don't <laughs> it, worry it's, it's with all with of the love exactly with love <laughs> so yeah oh that, my that gosh kind of crack crack so up. what um what town are we covering today good old fairfield connecticut so funny story <laughs> megan and i did our first year of college in quote-unquote Fairfield, Connecticut. Um, so we, we thought this would be a, a good a good place to, to go next after our, you know, close to homeness of our first yes. episode. Yes, these are our roots, kind of. Kind these of. are our college roots. And one day we'll have to let everybody in on the really funny story of how we ended up meeting and talking to each other, but I feel that is a bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry they'll get it out of us eventually <clears throat> okay so fairfield connecticut is a town in fairfield county connecticut that's bordered by bridgeport trumbull easton weston and westport you know it's got to be fancy if the town that you live in is the same name as the county that you live in <laughs> so it's home to two colleges fairfield university and sacred heart university Go Sacred Heart. Um, <laughs> Sacred Heart is directly on the border of Fairfield and Bridgeport with the dorm across the street, Roncalli, being located in Bridgeport, <laughs> Connecticut. Now, do you remember people saying that uh, Sacred Heart used to pay Fairfield to extend the border to the yes. like fence? Okay. I can't 100% corroborate that, but literally, if you look at a map, <laughs> it's like one side of the street is Fairfield, and then the other side of the street is Bridgeport. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised in one bit. Yeah. So that, that kind of made me laugh a little bit. I was remembering the good old days, going to Ron Colley, entering a new town. Oh, my God. So here's something I didn't know, and I think you're going to laugh about this, too. Fairfield is located along the Gold Coast of Connecticut. What is that? Yeah, that, that, actually, the next line is, what is the Gold Coast, you may ask? 
I did ask. <laughs> it's an affluent part of western Connecticut that includes the entire southern portion of Fairfield County. Now, funny enough, they call it the Gold Coast, and then they say it's the most affluent part of western Connecticut, and then they call it the panhandle of Connecticut, which kind of makes me laugh because it makes it sound like it's not that fancy. But Yeah, I no. Yeah, sure. Weird. So, um... It's about 50 miles northeast of New York City and home to many wealthy Manhattan business executives. Yep. And it actually um, is the setting of a lot of movies about rich people and affluence. Like Stepford Wives was set in this part of Connecticut. Which kind of no way. I had no yeah. idea. There's a bunch of other ones, but Stepford Wives made me laugh a little bit. Um, oh, this is great. You're going to laugh at this. It's also home to the scenic Merritt Parkway. <laughs> Very scenic. <laughs> I said, and beautiful. I said, by scenic, you mean terrifying. <laughs> yeah. With all I the mean, Jersey don't get barriers. me wrong. Like, it's a pretty road. Like, there's a lot of tunnels, there's a lot of greenery, but it's a two lane road, and people drive like so 900 fast. miles an hour. And this is coming from two Massachusetts drivers. Like, it's we so are not scary. afraid. To drive in Boston and like move your way around, but the merit, I never want to travel on the merit. It's terrifying. I have many memories back at Sacred Heart on the merit, screaming on the merit yes. because it was so scary. And people passing you on the shoulder. I'm like, there's yeah. not even a car length for you to do this. What are you doing? Yeah. It was very scary. Oh my God, terrifying. Um, so Fairfield was founded in 1639 after Puritans from Massachusetts Bay Colony were dissatisfied with the changing of Puritan values and sought to create their own farming community in alignment with those values. So basically they left because Massachusetts wasn't Puritan enough, which even in 2020, I don't know how Massachusetts still isn't Puritan enough, but apparently it wasn't Puritan enough. Um, the town is on the Long Island Sound that has an area of 31.3 square miles and consists of eight neighborhoods. And it has two shopping districts. One is Old Post Road, which is Old Route 1. And can you guess the other shopping district? Uh, was it Blackstone? Black, Black Rock Turnpike. Rock, Black Rock Turnpike. <laughs> we used to take the it little shootle to Black Rock Turnpike. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there was that one restaurant there that we would go to that was like real good. It was. It had the best burgers, and I really want to go. I think it had something to do with there, but oh, I yeah, want to go back That sounds there. familiar. So it had a really great. awesome fireplace. It was. It was cute. I would go back. I would brave the Merritt Parkway for one of those burgers again. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, 20, uh, the 2010 census, not 2020, had 59,404 people, which we were a part of that census. Remember, we had to do Why? the census when we were in college? I still yeah. have to do the census. It's sitting on my, my table in my kitchen. Yeah. Same So there are approximately 20,000 households with 9.1% of those households being female with no husband present, which same, and you guys are all bosses. And also, <laughs> I don't know Beast. why that's so there were a whole bunch of other statistics about like, these are families and these are people with kids under 18. And then it was, and here's all the spinsters that own their own home with no husband. There was no one that was like, here's all the men who own a house with no wives. No, it was just women who own homes with no husband. What a strange statistic. 
Well, even still, I mean, you remember when I bought my house and you had True. to do all the sign over documents and it was like, uh, so-and-so, a single woman sells her house to Megan, a single woman. And yeah, that just was, like, it's just very strange. It's so strange. Um, but anyway, the median household income is 120000 per year. And the U.S. average, in comparison, is only fifty-three thousand per year. So that's a wow. Yeah, that's a huge difference. It's very. Um, it's a very similar median income to uh, Newton that we did last week. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a little bit more, but and it still it still feels low, which is it does feel crazy low. to say. But when you think about the average U.S. household income is fifty-three, that's kind of insane. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know how anybody could possibly live on that. I mean, around here, it, it's really hard to live on an income of, you know, that low. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, the median home price is five hundred thousand dollars, which I thought was that actually shows the wealth of the area because if you think that's like the middle price range, that's yeah. insane. And it says yeah, something totally. like. Connecticut in general was only in the 200,000 marker for median wow. price. So that is huge. Yeah, that's a big, that's the big jump. Um, and then here's the statistic that drove me crazy. And it is from 2013, but I highly doubt it's changed all that much as far as percentages go. So in 2013, males had a median income of 69,000, while for females, yeah. it was 45,000. Are you joking? Oh, that's crazy. That's insane. That's a big difference. That's almost a $20,000 difference. That's an insane amount. That's, yeah, that's over $20,000 difference. Yeah, that's insanity. That's over $20,000. That's insane. So I just said, are you kidding me? Because that's Uh, absurd. That's absurd. And then uh, in 2012, a money magazine ranked Fairfield as the 64th best place to live and I think in 2006 it was ranked at number two um I don't know how money magazine bases it but this year Somerville made it wow also Nashua, New Hampshire which kind of surprised me. I guess there's that's, some nice parts in Nashua but yeah. still surprised me overall yeah that's a little surprising that is yeah. super interesting yeah so there's a uh, Fairfield for you background all good stuff before Taylor tells us the horrible horrible things that can happen in Fairfield. <laughs> yes. It was actually very very challenging to find a crime specifically in Fairfield. I found so many in Greenwich, which is another really really nice community in Connecticut, which was surprising that I could find so many in Greenwich. Um but the reason was so I pulled this info. So Fairfield obviously has a very low crime rate. Um, in fact, there have only been three murders in the last five years. Um, and in 2006, it was ranked as the second safest municipality in the U.S. Maybe so, that's the fact that I saw. Maybe I'm mixing up facts now. That's great. Because <laughs> that also came from Money Magazine. <laughs> ah, it's probably the same one. <laughs> So any so anywho, yeah, it was really challenging to um, to get info on just like crime in general because it doesn't seem like there is a ton, um, which is great for Fairfield. But I did finally find one. Um, so <clears throat> let's go ahead and dive into it. 
So James and Catherine Taylor, um, a couple divorced about 25 years ago back in 1994, but they continued to live together at the prop at their property in Fairfield until May of 2018. What? Uh, <laughs> which is like super smart. 25 years you were divorced and you're going to live together for that long. Um, I mean, I guess it, if you get along, it's like a roommate situation, but I guess whatever, you know, to each their own. Exactly. Judge. Yeah. No judgment. Um, but so in May, 2018 of that year, James told Catherine to move out of the house. Um, they did reportedly reconcile about three months later. So that would have been about August. Um, but Catherine did not move back into the house and instead, um, chose to live on a cottage on the property. So I assume they must have had, you know, decent money. <laughs> Your house um, has a cottage and neither one of you decided to live in the cottage. I mean, for, I like, get it. The regular years. house is nicer, but switch off every other year. You know, Absolutely. I would take the, my house is basically probably the size of their cottage. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I'm sure their cottage is probably just the size of another house. Um, <laughs> anyway, so she moved into the cottage. Then in January, so this is 2019 now, um, James got into an argument with, with Catherine um, and her son. Um, so it is James's stepson. Um, and James told them that things were going to get bad for her, quote unquote. Mm. Yeah. So a few days later after that, police were called to, dis- to resolve a dispute the two were having over vehicles. Um, the, the police report said that James took several vehicles belonging to Catherine and her step and her son. Um, after which the police were called and one of the vehicles was returned to her. So meanwhile, Catherine decided to move to her son's house, which was only 500 feet away. So literally just like right multiple downstairs. cottages on the property. <laughs> <laughs> Unclear or right, like literally next door. <laughs> um, so Catherine found out that she could use the Find My Phone app on her iPad to track James it, to track James, um, because they shared a family plan, um, and she could monitor his whereabouts, thinking that it might reveal where um, some of the other missing vehicles were. This is like wildly unhealthy. Like we right? need to part ways with the vehicles. It's okay. You can yeah. probably buy another. I'm sure that divorce settlement was fantastic. I am sure. Oh Lord. So um at about 9:30 p.m. on February 2nd, I believe the dates were a little bit challenging to figure out because they were going like, you know, 9:30 on Friday and 9:30 on Sunday. So we're gonna say it was February 2nd. It was somewhere in that range. So at 9.30 p.m. on February 2nd, um, it showed that James was walking around the building (coughs) where Catherine and her son were staying. So Catherine asked her son to call the police. Moments later, um, the son heard glass breaking, his mother screaming for help, a gunshot, and a body thudding to the floor. Oh, God. Yeah. The son ran into the living room to find James. He's 75, by the way holding a rifle and standing over 70-year-old Catherine, who was bleeding from the head and motionless. Oh, God. That's horrible. It's horrible. James then tried uh, loading another round into the rifle and and leveling it at his stepson, but the stepson tackled him and struck James several times in self-defense while calling 911, which seemed like a feat of amazingness. Like, he was doing a lot of things at the same time. Talk about multitasking. Yeah. Um... I'm so, assuming he was probably 
what, like maybe in his forties or fifties. I would think so. so, Cause I mean, so if he's a stepson, so he would be from another marriage, right? So it would have been before, like well before they were divorced. So I mean, yeah, I've, Probably, yeah, probably in his 40s or 50s. I couldn't so find I any information it about be him. That hard to take down a 75 year old man? Yeah, that's a very good point. But um, then at maybe, the same time, who knows? Because there was that Marine who won like yeah. the planking challenge. Did you see that? And I want to say he was either in his 60s or 70s. And Lord knows I could never take that man down. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> um, so. Fairfield cops said they found Catherine's son pinning James to the living room floor next to Catherine's body. They charged James with murder, home invasion, attempted murder, first-degree burglary, um, illegal discharge of a firearm, and third-degree assault. The police report quotes Taylor as telling the police, I can't understand how I got here, and I can't make sense of anything. So when it came to providing specific details about what happened, James either did not recall or could not recall. Um, He stated that he didn't have a conceptual memory of what had happened, but he did remember being there. Um, James stated that, I think trying to justify things like this is horrible. So strangely enough, he had empathy and understanding of what had happened, but also... Or was he trying to get out of it? Being like, I don't know what happened. He's like setting up an insanity defense for himself. That's kind of what I would think. That's a good point. So he he was charged with those things that I mentioned. He was then released on a $2 million bond. um, That he paid in cash. (laughs) I'm sure. um, And was wearing a GPS monitoring device. So first responders then learned that James's GPS monitoring bra- uh, bracelet was receiving a low signal and later that the battery was dead and was not, what? and he was not, yeah, and he was not answering calls from the court personnel. Officers went to his residence to try and find him and discovered that he had barricaded himself inside a shipping container on the property. So Police asked, how much stuff do we have at this house? Like, how big is this property? How much? How many buildings? It's a compound. Do we have? Like, what? There's a shipping container. Yeah. So I don't know if like, like for a he was moving. No, I think like oh. for moving. <laughs> Sad. That's the we first thing a, I thought. We of. had a boat on the property, a shipping barge. Honestly, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. You were like backed it right on up to Fairfield Beach and was like hopping on board. Up the Gold Coast. Yeah, the um, Gold Coast. <laughs> uh, police asked people to avoid the area and close the nearby interstate. Um, the Stamford Bomb Squad, Connecticut State Police, and several, several other agencies assisted police in their response. So while officers were at the scene, they heard James's cell phone ringing inside the container, which was locked from the inside. But at no point did police make contact with him verbally or otherwise. Um, police eventually did enter the container and they found his body. Um, he had died of self-inflicted injuries. So that is the murder of Catherine James and the horribleness that became of James Taylor. Oh, I'm sorry. Catherine Taylor. So this, was this literally all over cars and money and property? 
it's kind of what it seems like. I mean, the initial, because I mean, they were able to live together for 20 some odd years with apparently no issue. I mean, none that we know of anyway, of course, there could have been issues and I'm sure that there were some, but they remained living together. And then it wasn't until 2018 that there was actually an issue and it was all about like a bunch of cars. So I almost wonder if like Catherine was attempting to like move on with her life maybe eventually and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to divide up the cars. We're going to divide up everything and we're going to like go our separate ways. And he just wasn't having it. I don't know, but it seems like it was over money and cars. I wonder, I wonder if he was like, sorry. I wonder if he was like losing money or, I mean, they Mm. must've been, I would be curious to know what he did and they, and she did for work, you know, because yeah, be, because if if they're like owning properties and things like that, then obviously money's gonna keep coming in. But if he has a retirement, let's say I'm assuming he's retired at seventy five and I'm assuming he probably wasn't retired when they had divorced twenty five years earlier. Mm. Maybe he's paying out alimony, maybe he feels um, for whatever reason things are not just, even though it's like sell your massive house for probably 800 and something thousand dollars split the money yeah split the cars and let's just go on with life that i mean that's that's insane yeah it's crazy it was it definitely was one of those ones just like twists and turns and well at least he i mean the not bright side, but like he was actually charged with all of those things. And then he, you know, he's not gonna, I mean, he was an old man, so he was probably wasn't gonna be able to like hurt other people, but. I feel really bad for the son. That's I know. horrible. Can you imagine? I couldn't find any information about the son at all. Um, he probably wanted to remain kind of anonymous throughout this whole thing. Cause I mean, I can only imagine what that was like for him to go through. Yeah, I'm sure that's, Dang, that's kind of, I guess it surprises me, like, not that any murder is justified, but really, is this really over, it sounds like it's over cars. It does, I know. That's the thing, it's like, people aren't rational. I don't know what to say. I, actually, funny enough, speaking of cars, I do have, I have two funny crimes, and one of them I'm is about ready cars. for them. One, I'll do the car one first, that sounds like a good segue. Perfect. So, How relevant. It is, and it's it's the most fairfield crime I've ever heard in my life. So I'm not going to read the title because the title gives everything away, but the title is actually pretty funny. I'll read it for you after. So my crime happened not too long ago, June 24th, 2019. So... Um, it says, a Fairfield woman is charged after she crashed through her, garage, her closed garage door, driving her SUV onto a vehicle parked inside. The incident occurred just before 4 p.m. on Sunday. She was intoxicated when she drove her Jaguar SUV over <laughs> her Ferrari. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? what? <laughs> you drove your Jaguar SUV. 
over your Ferrari. Oh, I hate when that happens. Let me tell you something. If I ever drove through my garage door, it would be like saran wrapping it up so that it wasn't too cold. And then whatever, I'll drive around without a bumper. Because how in God's name, you can imagine how much money that would be to fix that? That is crazy town. So that, that kind of made me laugh. Like I looked at the title and it was just so perfect. It says Fairfield woman drives through closed garage door onto car. After crashing through door, she drove her Jaguar over her Ferrari. That is the most ridiculous <laughs> it's, thing. It's beautiful. It's just, it is. it is so Fairfield. It's not even funny. Oh so gosh. then my other crime, there were like two, two other good ones, but this one really, it was just something else, man. <laughs> So the title is Man Stole Beer and Hot Dogs from Fairfield Home. <laughs> he was going to a game. Oh, poor honey. And in, the, in this, it was October 9th, 2019. So it says, a man recently burglarized a home of a stranger taking only beer and hot dogs. <laughs> um... Christopher Leffert, 38, of Brooklyn, New York, was arrested on October 5th and charged with burglary and larceny after he stole items and fled. So the burglary occurred at a house in the 300 block of Sasco Hill Road. A housekeeper encountered Leffert in the refrigerator and told her employer, I'm like, okay, really? Like, it wasn't even the person who saw him? (laughs) Excuse me. There's a man stealing hot dogs from the refrigerator. (laughs) And told her employer, saw Leffert sitting in a gray Nissan Rogue outside the home. So he stole the stuff and then went to his car and just chilled out there. Oh, my God. So a second man approached the resident who, who asked for the beer and the food back. And the man told him to leave. But the man, I think this is Chris. No, wait. This is kind of a confusing wording. So it said a second man approached the resident who asked for the beer and the food back and told the man to leave. But the man said he didn't know the resident and was, and was the res, what, sorry, okay, I'm gonna read this one more time. A second man approached the resident who asked for beer and food back and told the man to leave. But the man said he didn't know what the resident was talking about and drove away. That's just beautiful. (laughs) Let me tell you something. That's what the high school kids do when I'm like, dude, I saw you throw that pencil. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I didn't. What? I would never do something. I literally saw you do it. So it said the resident called police who found the SUV on Oldfield Road. When officers approached the vehicle, Leffert rolled down the window, put his hands up, and said, is this about the beer? I'll return it. <laughs> but not the hot dogs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Police found a 12-pack of Stella Artois beer, three unopened Sip of Sunshine IPA beer cans, and a box of Hebrew National Franks in the SUV. <laughs> He was just trying to go to a baseball game. Oh, the resident who told police he was not acquainted with either of the men identified both the passenger and the driver as people who were at his home, the report said. The second man who was driving the vehicle was identified as Ryan Hughes, 36, of Norwalk, and cited for trespassing. In addition to burglary and larceny charges, I mean, larceny over hot dogs. Okay. Leffert was also issued an infraction for possession of less than half an ounce of marijuana. 
she's scheduled to appear in court on October 17th. <laughs> So what, what we've learned from all these crimes is that Fairfield is no joke when it comes to charging people for stuff. Like, they will actually, like, charge you for the shenanigans. Which is probably good, but I, I, can you imagine being the police officer walking up to the car and being like, bro, what? Give me the hot dogs. You stole hot dogs. Why? Why would you do that? Oh, my gosh. And can you imagine me? being the person calling the police and being like, so, uh, someone stole hot dogs. That's just ridiculous. That is crazy town. Oh, Lord. Well, what can oh, we do? Well, thank you for the, for the lightness after my kind of sad case. Yeah, yeah I think we did a good job finding some uh, happy, funny cases this week. Yeah. And we got some uh, recommendations for um, other fancy locations to do for future episodes from uh, one of our listeners. So oh, we did? We did. So if other people have recommendations, um, you can send them to us, uh, fancytowncrimespodcast at gmail.com um, or on our Instagram. On Insta. Yep. So yeah, let us know where we should do next and we will tackle uh, another crime. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe and healthy out there. And we will hopefully see you soon. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. See you next time.